Happy Sabbath, everyone. It is good to be in God's house. The, David said, this is a day which the Lord has made. Let us do what? Rejoice and be glad in it. It has been a, may have been a difficult and a challenging week for us, but here we are. As my brother was praying this morning, he said, Paul is encouraging us to put on the whole armor of God. In all circumstances, let us put on the whole armor of God so that we will be able to stand. So I am very happy that I'm here with you today. Thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to be here. I met Elder Chase this morning. We are delighted that we can all be involved in the work of the Lord. And one day he is going to come and we want to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. This week, I prayed a little more than I used to pray. One of my brother in the church has a daughter who is very sick. She's in Florida in the hospital. Brother Samuels, I don't know if you know him. He came here already. But his daughter is not well. And he got the news that she's in the ICU. So the doctors asked him if he would like them to unplug her so that she could go and rest in peace. And so he sent that message to us and we started to pray. Because I believe that where there is more prayer, there is more power. So we prayed. And in the morning we got the good news that her eyes are open, were open. And so we praise God for what God is doing in her life. And we continue to pray that God will Grant her full recovery. That was such a beautiful reading. Yes. You did a very great job. I almost asked you to preach for me today. (laughs) That was so good. Congrats. That's nice. That's very good. When I was your age, I I did not even know how to read so much more. To come and read. So that's wonderful. That's so good. We thank the Lord for bringing us here together today. And we believe that God is going to bless our hearts. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, this is your word. It's your moment, Lord. Use me for your glory today and use me for your praise. And may your people be truly blessed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My topic today, God will finish the work he started. God will finish the work he started. And what text for, medit- for contemplation today, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. 
What's your name? You, you read it so beautiful. Levi. Yes, that was very good. But we are here, we can read the word of God together. Can we, can I hear you read this together? For Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are in, at Philippi, with the bishop and deacons. Grace be unto you, and peace from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon my remembrance of you. Always in prayer of mine for all, the, the making requests with joy, for the fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the, the day of Jesus Christ. And I say, amen. amen. The Bible gives us a brief description of the universe before God called it into existence. And the condition, brothers and sisters, was not looking so good. And the question I ask you this morning, what do you do when you have reached to a dark place in your life? What do you do when your family is tearing apart? What do you do when we are disappointed and heartbroken? When God the Father, God the Son looked down and he saw, they saw the universe, it was a dark place. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 2, the earth was without form and void. And what happened? And darkness covered the face of the deep. But out of nothing, God created something. And I say amen. Out of only God can, make, can, can turn nothing into something. Only God can use darkness and turn it into light. Only God can turn disorder into order. Out of nothing God created something. We serve a mighty God. The first time God spoke, he opened his mouth. What did he say? Let there be light. And there was light. The God we serve, you know God is a very positive God. And I wish sometimes we would use more positive words with each other. This morning I saw you coming up here to do the, the song service. And I heard that brother. Good job. I listened to you, brother. That was so good. I wish we would be a little more positive in our words with one another. Because there is power in words. There is power in our words. Let there be light. And there was 
And do you know that God had options? He could have said, you darkness is no good. Or God could have said, I don't want to have anything with this darkness. It is no good. But God said, let there be light. How do, how do we deal with darkness? How do we deal with darkness in a world where there seems to be no light? How do we deal with darkness? In our homes, in our schools, in our communities, how do we deal with darkness? Do we turn a blind eye or sweep it under the rug? Do we use our light to dispel darkness? Do we use our light because we are a people of the light? The Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Cape Cod, we are a people of the light. God gave us so much light, especially in his word. Light. I wish I had time to tell you this morning of the power of positive words. Because the Bible says life and death is in the power of the Let your words be like grace, seasoned with salt, so that we can administer grace unto the hearers. Let your words be like grace. It is by your words that we are going to be judged. It's by your words that we are going to be condemned. So let's, let's give Let's, let's be kind in our words. Amen? Let's be kind in our words. The psychologists say that every child that is born, is born, their, their mind is like this. It's like a blank paper with nothing written on it. And we are going to feel, we are going to feel those who are raising children, we are going to feel the mind of the child with the words that we want them to become. And sometimes some of the words that we use to our children, they are very negative. Sometimes we say to them, you are no good. You can't come to nothing. But we need to, we need to give our children positive words. Words that they, will, they can fill their mind in a positive way. So what we say to them, you are beautiful. Amen? You are beautiful. What, can, what else can we say to them? Oh, I love you. Congratulations. You can make it. Let's, let's give our children... Let's put positive words in the mind of our children. What do you say? So, 
God decided that he was going to create this beautiful world. And so he started on day one. I want, I want some of the children to help me now. Because you're going to help me preach this sermon today. On day one, who's going to help me with day one? Come. One of you, where's Le- I'm going to call up on Levi. Because Levi is my, come Levi. Please? Oh yes, I need more than one, so please come. So on day one, God said, what did God say? They, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to make it a little more pretty. But turn around there for me and show day one. Okay, that's nice of you. On day one, God said, let there be light. And there was light. On day two, oh, that's nice of you. You want to take day, who, take day two? Day two? Okay, very nice. Hold day two for me. What did God create on day two? The firmament, the heavens on the earth. Wonderful. Then on day three now, who will take day three for me? Come. Very good. What did God create on day three? Day three? Please? No? Please? Oh, the plants and herbs. All those, all those, isn't that all those fruits that we eat? On the tree. Sometimes when I buy fruits, I look at where they're coming from. Some of them are coming from the pineapple coming from Costa Rica. The, the kiwi coming from all the way to Italy. Oh, yeah. I said, man, look how we get all these nice fruits to eat. Look where they're coming from. We can thank God for it. What am I right? Oh, yes. Then on day three, day four now. Please come right here for day four. What about day four? What did God create? Oh, the two great light. The sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. Wonderful. The other day, I, the other day I, I took a picture of the sun or the moon. They say it was this, the blue moon. I went out there and I used my, and I took that picture. It's so beautiful, that blue moon. How far is the sun from here? How, long, how far do you say the sun is from here? Over 93 million miles. And yet we can enjoy the sunlight. Isn't that wonderful? God is so good. God is so good. And day five now, who will take day five? We don't have any more children for day five? Please? Where is Hunter? Come, Hunter. Come on, Hunter, man. I remember you, man. Come, Hunter. You're going to take day five. What is day five? What did God create on day five? Please? Oh, yes. The living creatures, the birds. Man, I am telling you. When you see those. 
Oh, you're here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's so nice of you. Please come right here. There's six now. Please come over here. Come here. Very good. Day six. What did God create on day six? Oh, wonderful. Very good. Animals and man. But God did something very special to man when he created man. Am I right? God could have called man into existence. But what did God do? The Bible said God used a clay mold and formed man out like a, like a potter. And the clay, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then he did what? Breathe. And then, then we became a living being. We are special in the sight of God. And I say amen. amen. There's nobody that looks like me. You see by my eyes and my, my mouth, my skin, I am special. If you don't believe I'm special, I say that to myself. <laughs> we are all special in the sight of God. And then God looked at his creation and he said, you know, he felt so, he, felt, he had a sense of satisfaction. It's like when you work hard and you have seen the rewards of your labor. You feel good about it. God looked and he saw his creation. And he said, I am going to create a day, a memorial of my creation. The Sabbath is a wonderful day. When we come together to worship the Lord, we look back and we think of all that God has done for us in the week. How God protected us. Am I right? How God provided for us. How God kept us from danger. Seen and unseen. And we are here in his house to give him thanks. For all that he, have, he has done for us. And then God created this Sabbath. The Sabbath is a wonderful day. Come, son. I have you in my mind a long time ago. That's on day seven. God created the? The Sabbath. So Genesis chapter... Very good, son. Genesis... Yo, stand right here. Genesis chapter two, verses one to three. What does the Bible say? Thus the heavens... And the earth were finished. And all the hosts of them. That's verse 1. And verse 2 says, And on the seventh day God ended his work which he has made, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work which he has made. And then verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he had rested from all the work he had created and made. I praise God for the Sabbath. It's a day of joy and delight. Am I right? Amen. And sometimes we are kind of so serious when it comes to the Sabbath. But the Sabbath is a day of blessing. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. Sometimes we can't even smile on the Sabbath. It's a day of blessing. Am I right? God bless it for a purpose. Thank you very much for helping me preach the sermon today. You want to take it? Sure. 
Sure, man. Remember what pastor preached today. So you help pastor preach the sermon. So give, give them a... Thank you very much. You can walk carefully back to your seat. No, I, I am giving it to you. Walk carefully now. Very good. God said to Peter, you must feed your sheep. And then he said, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my lambs. So God created a beautiful world. God will always finish what he has started. He never starts something and don't finish it. He will always finish what he started. And I say amen to that. I say amen. I say amen. Look at how this church started. October 22, 1844 was a sad day in the history of the church. The early pioneers looked forward to the coming of Jesus. And they thought Jesus would come. On October 22, he did not come. And many of them were disappointed. But they did not give up their faith. They were disappointed. They sold their position and position, positions and, and waited for the coming of Christ. And Jesus did not come. Is there anybody here who have never been disappointed? Is there anybody here who have been disappointed? Oh, yes. I've had so many disappointments in my life. You know, when I was growing up, they said to me, there are three decisions you must make in your life. The first one, they say, you must make a decision for Christ. And that was the best decision I could ever make. I made that decision when I was about 13. I gave my heart to Jesus. And every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Amen. The next decision they say I should make, I must, I must make a decision for a career or profession. And so I went to school and God helped me and I made a decision for him to be a minister of the gospel. And I praise the Lord. The next decision they say I should make now is a decision for a life partner. So after I graduated, this, they said I should go and teach. So I went to a, the Adventist High School in Westmoreland, Sablamar, Jamaica. And I taught there. And when I was there, I saw a beautiful young lady and I said, now is my time. I can make a decision for a life partner. So, <laughs> so while we were dating, one month, two months, three months, five months, seven months, eight months, nine or ten months, the young lady said to me, it's over. I don't know what I did. <laughs> well, I, did, I don't know what I did. 
But I was disappointed. But if, when it is time to let go, you have got to let go. I know it's hard to let go. But it was over, and it, no matter what I did, it was over. No matter the, how I plead, it was over. Somebody sent me a, something on a video. They said, they said that there are three things you must do in life if you want to be happy. First thing, you must learn to let go. Sometimes it's hard to let go. Times when we are angry, it's hard to let go. Sometimes when we are hurt, it's hard to let go. But we must be willing to let go. We must be willing to let go. We're hurting ourselves sometimes when we hold it in our heart. I say, I don't want to forgive, forgive that brother or that sister. We must be willing to let go. And the second thing they said, if we want to be happy, we must enjoy the present. Let go of the past, enjoy the present. There's so much to enjoy. We keep holding on, we, we keep holding on the past so much we can't enjoy the present. Enjoy your present. There's so much to enjoy in the present. Am I right? Amen. Yes. So much to enjoy. And the next thing they say, you must always look forward to the future. One of these persons in government, I think, one, they say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And the Bible says, eyes have not seen. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So the early point is they were disappointed, but they did not give up. They went to God in prayer and asked God, Lord, we are disappointed. Help us. Show us where we have gone wrong. And they prayed to God for guidance. They prayed to God for instruction. They prayed to God to show them the way. And I had a little, I, I had the privilege of going to when I, was in, when I was studying at Andrews University, I went to the, that little place where the church started. It was, a, it was a humble beginning. When James White used to preach, while, before he preached the sermon, he would, sing, he would sing this song, Lift up the trumpet. Loud let it ring. Jesus is coming again. Cheer up ye pilgrims be. Joyful and sing, for Jesus is coming again. And then the members would join in with him and sing, Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. Praise the Lord. He's coming again. What do you say? He's coming again. 
my brothers and sisters. I ask, I, everything, everything you do know you have to ask Google. So I asked Google, what is the membership of the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Google says, it's over 20 million strong. This church started from a humble beginning, but God is blessing his church. And no matter what Satan is going to do with this church, the Bible said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Thank God for this great church. One day this church, the militant is going to become the church triumphant. And I want to be among the number. What about you? Praise God. Do you know how this church, the church in Philippi started? We read the, the text for this morning. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was, had a passion to preach the gospel. In Romans, in, in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. Romans chapter 1, did I, did I give you that text there? No? Romans chapter 1, verses 14. Yes, thank you. Verse 14 says of Romans chapter 1, he said what? I am a? There's three I am in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 16. To 16. There's three I am. The first one is, I am a debtor. I am indebted to Christ for all that he has done for me. I am indebted to the Gentile, to the Greeks, to the barbarian. And both to the wise and the unwise, I am, a, I am indebted to preach the gospel. That's the first I am. The second I am is in verse 15. So much as I am in me, I am ready. We must always be ready to spread the good news of salvation. Amen? For I am I am ready. The first I am is I am a debtor. The second I am, I am a I am ready. And the, first, and the third I am is, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation. Paul, the Apostle Paul had a passion. So he wanted to go and preach the gospel. But God sent him somewhere else. In Acts, chapter, in, in Acts chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. I don't know if I gave you that text. But the Apostle Paul wanted to go to Asia Minor to preach. And the Spirit of the Lord says, do not go. Then the Apostle Paul wanted to go to Mysia and Phrygia and Bithynia. And the Spirit of the Lord says, do not go. It's always important to listen to what the Spirit is telling us to do. Amen? Amen. When we're involved in God's work, it's always good to, to listen to the Spirit. 
There's a text in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 30, verse, verse 21. It says, Thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whether you turn to the right or whether you turn to the left. It's always important, my brothers and sisters, to listen to the voice of the Spirit. When God says no in your life, what do you do? Because sometimes we, we can't wait on the Lord because He says no. When God says no, you've been praying to Him and the only answer you're getting is no. What do you do? Do we give up? Do we get disappointed? Well, I'll tell you what the Apostle Paul did. He, he has been praying to He said, Lord, I have this thing called the thorn in the flesh. What do I do with this thorn in the flesh? It is bothering me. We're not sure what this thorn in the flesh is. But he said, I have this thorn in my flesh and I want to get rid of it. And the first time he prayed, what did God say? He no answer. The second time he prayed, no answer. When God says no, what do you do? But the third time he prayed, what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is always sufficient for his people. Amen? God's grace is always sufficient. So God said to, said to Paul, do not go to Asia Minor. Do not go to Bithynia. But I have a place for you to go. One night when he was sleeping, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a vision and said to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. I have, I have, I have, I have discovered in life that when God says no, he always has a bet, always have a better plan. In my little walk with the Lord a few in these years ago, I have discovered that when God says no, Elder, he always have a better plan. Sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes we feel so discouraged. But God always have a better plan. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And so Paul was on his way to Macedonia. Paul and Silas, they were on their way to Macedonia. And the first thing that's happened to them when they met, went to Macedonia, Philippine Macedonia, they were faced with opposition. We're going to always face with opposition in God's work. Because the devil is against God's work. And he does not want to see God's work, God's work prevail. But God's work will always triumph. God's work will always be victorious. They were faced with opposition. What was the opposition they faced? There was a young lady that was possessed with the spirit of demons. 
And the masters, those men, you know what? I say to those people who use people for, in order to make money, it's shame on them. Those men use this young lady to gain money. So when Paul went to, Mas to Philippi and he saw this young lady, the young lady was following her, following her. These men are servants of the Most High God. Amen. These men are servants of the Most High God. And the Bible says Paul was grieved in his spirit. And he couldn't take it anymore. The Bible says, Paul said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come out of her. And immediately the spirit came out of her. There is, all, there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. There is victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And there is peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank God for the name of Jesus. So, he, so they, were, they, were, they were angry with Paul and Silas. Because all the money supply is now gone. Their business now is in is in, is in problem. And so they arrested Paul and Silas, stripped them of their clothes, put them in prison, beat them, put them in prison. And they thought that was the end of it. But God always have a plan. The Lord always have a plan. The Bible says, in the middle of the night, Something happened. And all we have got to do, brothers and sisters, is to watch what God is doing. You, you, you just watch him work. If you, if you hold your peace and let the Lord fight the battle, watch him work. He's going to work out everything for our good. What do you say? God is going to work things out. When they, thought that, when they thought that Paul and Silas would give up their faith, the Bible says that dear God, God sits high, he looks low, and he saw what they were going through. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the crisis, in the middle of your heartache, God is going to send deliverance. There was a mighty earthquake, the Bible says, but while they were there, Paul and Silas, they were not murmuring. Can you imagine being beaten, being stripped of your clothes, and thrown in prison? The Bible said they were not murmuring or complaining. What were they doing? They were singing and praising God. We can, we can, we can praise God whatever our situation we can praise God even when we are going through difficult times. We can praise him. They were singing and praising God. And what a weakness it was to those prisoners. And to the jailer, sure. It was a weakness. The Bible says, the Bible says the, 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 the prison door was open. Jailers were, were they were about to to, to leave, to move out from prison. The, the jailer was about to kill himself. 
The Bible says God, God's, God sent Paul there for a purpose to save that brother and his household. You don't, we don't understand sometimes what God is doing. But God is working out everything for his good. Working out everything for his good, Cape Cod. Working out everything. Took a dagger to kill himself. And Paul was there ready to, to save him. Do thyself no harm. For we are all here. And then he asks a very important question. What must I do to be saved? That's a very important question. What must I do to be saved? And then Paul came back to him with the resounding question. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved and thy house. The jailer, the Bible says, took them home and washed their wounds. And before the day, before the day, before the night could come to a close, the jailer said, I want you to baptize me. It was, a, it was an urgent matter. And I believe salvation is an urgent matter. It's no time for us to put off and to procrastinate. The jailer, the Bible said, the jailer and his household gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. And so while they were there, while Paul was in prison, he remembered the good times and the difficult times he had at Philippi. And he was writing to them. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. Philippians chapter 1, verse, verse 2. I thank my God. Grace and peace Unto you. He was writing now to them, remembering what he went through, the challenges, the difficulties, but the joys of these family, this family accepting Jesus. I thank my God every time I remember you. Then, verse 4, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy. For the fellowship of the gospel from the first day until now. And then he said in verse 6, Being what now? Confident of this very thing, that he that hath begun will perform it unto the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember that day when I gave my heart to Jesus. It's more than 50 years now. And I thank God for what he has been doing in my life. My mother encouraged me to get baptized. And I remember when I walked into the water. I remember the pastor said, I hope that you'll be a Daniel for God. And I heard the church singing a song for me. The church had a song they sing for me, and I always remember that song, I will follow thee, my Savior. Whoso hear thy lot, my lot may be. Where thou goest, I will follow. 
Yes, my Lord, I will. Though the road be rough and thorny, trackless as a foaming sea, thou hast crossed this way before me. And I'll gladly follow thee. I want, I, want us to, I want us to help me sing one stanza of my song, and then we pray. I will follow thee, my Savior, wheresoever my lot may be. Where thou goest, where thou goest, I will. Yes, my Lord. Yes, my Lord, I'll follow thee. I will follow thee, my Savior. Thou didst shed thy blood for me. And the old men, and the By thy grace, by thy grace, I follow thee. How many of us today, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I believe that God will finish this work he has started in me. Raise your hands for me today. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray, Father in heaven, thank you for the call you have given us to live for you, especially in these challenging days. Help us to remember that with Jesus, we are more than conquerors. With Jesus, we can make it. Give us the strength and the grace to make it to the end. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you all.